Hello, and welcome to Sports Medicine for Dummies, a.k.a. Residents, a weekly podcast dedicated to reviewing groundbreaking journal articles related to sports medicine. I'm your host, J.P. Rizek, a resident out of Mary Freebed Rehabilitation Hospital. Today, we'll focus on an area fairly unique to sports medicine, the mechanics of an overhand throw. Injuries throughout the entire body are prevalent in overhand throwing athletes, so it is critical to the health of our patients that we are able to analyze and describe the pitching motion. Disclaimer, this podcast is not meant to be a comprehensive review of the topic, nor is it a critical analysis of the journal topics. It is merely a summary of the article as the original authors present it. Without further ado, we'll get started. The title is The Kinetic Chain and Overhand Pitching, Its Potential Role for Performance Enhancement and Injury Prevention. Introduction The overhand pitching motion begins when the pitcher lifts his lead foot, continues up the body through the hip and trunk, and culminates with the ballistic motion of the upper extremity propelling the ball to home plate. The throw utilizes every part of the body for stabilization and energy transfer. From the time the toe touches the ground to the release of the ball is about 0.145 seconds. There's a tremendous amount of force placed on the body. For instance, the maximum humeral internal rotation velocity reaches 7,500 to 7,700 degrees per second. To put that in perspective, a helicopter's blades travel about 1,300 degrees per second. The trapezius, rhomboids, levator scapula, and serratus anterior act to stabilize the scapula which in turn acts synchronously with a rotator cuff to maintain the glenohumeral center of rotation within a physiologic range. Because the throwing motion occurs almost exclusively above 90 degrees of abduction, the inferior glenohumeral ligament and capsule act as a primary static anterior restraint. The deltoid elevates the humerus while the rotator cuff adjusts the position of the humeral head on the glenoid pectoralis major and latissimus dorsi power the shoulder forward. The kinetic chain's involvement in the pitching motion. The pitching motion consists of six phases, wind-up, early cocking slash stride, late cocking, acceleration, deceleration, and follow-through. The wind-up and stride position the lower extremity and trunk for the most effective performance of the kinetic chain, which in turn serve as the main force generators. The scapula helps transfer this energy to the hand. Reduced kinetic stresses on the shoulder through the optimization of hips and trunk musculature may prevent injury and improve performance. The phases, wind up. The wind up begins with the initial movement of the contralateral lower extremity. It culminates with elevation of the lead leg to the highest point, which happens simultaneously with the separation of the throwing hand from the glove. Center of gravity is maintained over the back leg. Early cocking and stride. This ends when the lead foot contacts the pitching mound. The stride functions to increase the distance allowing increased linear and angular trunk motion, which in turn increases energy transfer to the arm. The stance knee and hip extend and lead to the initiation of pelvic rotation and forward tilt, followed by upper torso rotation. The stance leg glute max fires to stabilize the trunk. Supraspinatus, infraspinatus, and teres minor externally rotate the shoulder. The serratus anterior and the scapular retractors, your middle trapezius, rhomboids, and levator scapula, position the glenoid in an upward rotation and retraction, providing a stable base on which the humerus can rotate. The lead foot should land in line with the stance foot, pointing toward home plate 
or in a few degrees of internal rotation. Late cocking. The scapula retracts, the elbow flexes, and the humerus undergoes abduction and external rotation. The pelvis reaches its maximum rotation and the upper torso continues to rotate and tilt forward and laterally. The deltoid and pec major contract to bring the arm into adduction. Maximum shoulder internal rotation torque occurs just before the maximum shoulder external rotation. Near the end of arm cocking, maximum valgus torque is experienced at the elbow. This is countered by flexor and pronator muscles contracting. The rotator cuff provides a compressive force of 550 to 770 newtons. Increased amount of shoulder external rotation helps to allow the accelerating forces to act over the longest distance. Acceleration. The acceleration phase is defined as the time between maximum external rotation of the shoulder and ball release. The trunk continues to rotate and tilt, initiating the transfer of potential energy through the upper extremity. The scapula protracts to maintain a stable base as the humerus undergoes horizontal adduction and violent internal rotation. Internal rotation velocities as high as 7,000 to 9,000 degrees per second have been reported. The elbow initially flexes to about 120 degrees before the triceps contracts, rapidly extending the elbow to about 25 degrees flexion. Each joint individually contributes to the speed of the ball as you get shoulder adduction, elbow extension, wrist flexion, and finger flexion to propel the ball forward. The non-dominant rectus abdominis, abdominal obliques, and lumbar paraspinals all contract to increase force generation. Concentric rectus femoris contraction gives a base of support to the lead leg through active hip flexion and knee extension. Forward trunk tilt allows the throwing extremity to travel a greater distance, which increases velocity. Deceleration. The deceleration phase occurs between ball release and maximum humeral internal rotation and elbow extension. This results in the greatest amount of joint loading encountered during throwing. The posterior shoulder soft tissue structures, which are teres minor, infraspinatus, and posterior deltoid, dissipate these enormous forces. The biceps and brachialis fire to slow down the extending elbow. Trapezius, rhomboids, and serratus anterior help to stabilize the scapula. Follow through. This continues until arm motion has ceased. The decreased joint loading and minimal forces during this phase render it an unlikely culprit for injury. Differences in pitchers' characteristics. Competition level. Professional pitchers predominantly use the subscapularis and latissimus dorsi for acceleration, whereas amateurs use more of the rotator cuff muscles with an active pectoralis minor and relatively quiescent latissimus dorsi. Conclusion: To generate high velocity, the overhand pitcher must optimize the coordinated use of muscle segments throughout the body to generate and sequentially transfer potential energy to the upper extremity for conversion to kinetic energy to propel the baseball. Inefficiency increases the kinetic requirements of the shoulder to maintain top velocity and performance. Knowledge of the kinetic chain of the throwing motion can improve technique assisting in performance enhancement, rehabilitation, and injury prevention. That's all for today. I think this is the part of the show where I insert some baseball pun like we knocked it out of the park today or hope I didn't throw you too much of a curveball with this episode or I struck out both on this episode and on these terrible jokes. See you next time, dummies.